As usual, I have to give praises to our King, our Maker, our Creator, the Most High, Yahuwah. And I say hallelujah in praises to our King. And also hallelujah to Yahushua HaMashiach who came and died for our sins. Welcome to the Science of the Covenant podcast. I am Boyce Washington, and on the other side of me is my father, Pastor Richard Washington, and we say Shabbat Shalom to all our listeners. We hope you enjoy our weekly podcast that we study Yah's Torah, his statutes, his commandments, and other principles in the Bible. So, if you have your Bibles, your notebook, your computer, your tablet, whatever you need as we begin our study, Let's get ready and study. So, Pastor, what are you bringing for us today? Okay, we'll have a continuation of our theme here. And today we'll be dealing with what we call the mirror of spirituality. Let us pray. Our loving Father, we ask that you would help us to be able to see ourselves in the mirror of your word to be able to reflect your glory. Bless each listener and bless us individually as well as collectively. In Yeshua's name, we do ask it, and for his dear sake, we do pray. Amen and amen. Okay, uh, to get started off with this subject, the mirror of spirituality, I want to go to Exodus chapter 40, and we want to look particularly at verse 11. That is, in the 40th chapter of Exodus, uh, we want to look at verse number 11, and it says, and thou shalt anoint the labor and his foot and sanctify it. So here we're talking about the labor that was made out of the women's mirrors. And we already looked and saw that brass represents suffering and the mirror represents the law. Now, what we want to see in this particular discourse is spirituality. Now that we have looked into the mirror of the labor and observed both the law and the sacrifice, now let us turn our attention to the mirror of spirituality. What we want to observe in this mirror of the labor is spirituality. So how is spirituality assimilated to the marriage relationship of Yahuwah, or to Yeshua and his people, let us examine first the construction of the labor. Here in, here in Exodus, let's turn to Exodus chapter 30. And in Exodus chapter 30, we want to look at verse number 18. Exodus 30, 18 says, And thou shalt also make a label of brass and his foot also of brass to wash withal and thou shalt put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar and thou shalt put water therein. So here in this passage is pointing out that the labor was constructed of two parts. Our text says that they made the labor of brass and his foot of brass. So here we have the labor and his foot. It was a foot which held up the labor. Now let us see the association of a spirituality to it. 
So again, we turn back to Exodus chapter 40 and concentrate again on the 11th verse. And so here it says, And thou shalt anoint the laver and his foot and, san and sanctify it. So, so in this text, it states that both the laver and his foot were anointed. The word anoint comes from the Hebrew word Mashiach. M-A-S-H-I-A-C-H, Mashiach. And this is the same word from which we get our word Messiah. When we deal with the process of anointing, it involves both the act of doing it and the substance that is used to anoint. So to anoint means to smear on something or somebody that which was to be smeared. In the anointing which took place in the mosaic in the mosaic and the Solomonic sanctuaries and temples, respectively, a special anointing oil was used to both anoint the objects and the officiating priests. This anointing oil was composed of olive oil and the principal spices. So let us now turn back to Exodus chapter 30. So in Exodus chapter 30, we want to look at verses 22 to 25, Exodus 30. Now in Exodus 30, starting with verse 22, we are told, it said, And moreover, Yehoah spake unto Moses, saying, Take unto thee principal spices. And it talks about myrrh, uh, cinnamon, uh, calamus, cassia, and olive oil. Okay, these were the spices that were to be used to make the anointing oil. The oil they used was olive oil, and, and the spices they used were myrrh, cinnamon, calamus, and cassia. It was through an apothecary process that the spices and the olive oil were blended together into a sweet fragrance to anoint the laver and his foot. Generally, when a biblical anointing took place, it was with olive oil. So now let us see what the elements of the anointing symbolizes. We will refer to them as the symbolic substance. So let us look at the symbolic substance, the symbolic spices. When we consider the uses of spices, they were used for their fragrance, their flavor, and their filling. When we consider spices, they can be used to smell, taste, and touch. Spices are used to give an aroma, a seasoning, and a sensation. Consequently, spices can make things smell good, taste good, and feel good. When we consider spices, they provided for the priests, the sacrifices, and the sanctuary and the temple to have a pleasant, pleasing scent, savory, and stimulation, which are appeasing to Yehoah. If the sweet spices are representative of our character, then certainly it would be that 
of a sweet character. The scripture speaks about David as the sweet psalmist of Israel. Let us turn to 1 Samuel, not 1 Samuel, but 2 Samuel. And in 2 Samuel, we want to look at verse, uh, in 2 Samuel, we want to look at verse 1 of the 23rd chapter. Okay, let us, let us look at that. That's first, 2 Samuel, that is, 2 Samuel chapter 23, and verse number 1, it says, now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, the man who was raised up on high, the, the anointed of Elohim of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel said. In other words, he is saying here that Psalm, the psalmist David was considered the sweet psalmist. And he said in verse 2 of the same chapter, the spirit of Yahuwah spake to me, and his word was in my tongue. So it's calling David the sweet psalmist of Israel, and he said that the spirit was in his tongue. However, the, sweet psalm, the sweetest character we know, and that is Yeshua the Messiah. Now, let us turn to Psalms. 104th division, Psalms 104. And here in Psalms 104 division, we want to read a verse or two there. Is in Psalms 104 and verse 34, it says, My meditation of him shall be sweet, and I will be glad in Yehoah. So what we see here is that the sweetest character we know is that of Yeshua, and he speaks about that in Psalms. He said, my meditation of him shall be sweet, and I will be glad in Yahuwah. Moreover, Paul says, let us turn to see what Paul says in the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians, we want to look at uh, chapter 5, and we want to look at verse number 2, Ephesians 5, 2. Here in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2, it says, And walk in love as Messiah also has loved us and has given himself for us as an offering, a sacrifice of Elohim for a sweet-smelling savor. Okay, so it speaks about Elohim and these sweet spices as a sweet-smelling savor. Furthermore, he says of the believers. Now, here's what he says of the believers. Let us turn to Philippians in Philippians chapter 4. And we want to look at verse number 18. It says, But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to Elohim. So he speaks about Yeshua as being a sweet spice, and then he speaks about the believers being a, uh, a sweet spice. So when we look at this, these particular passages, 
we can draw the conclusion from these passages that the sweet spices symbolizes the sweet life of Yeshua, our Messiah. Now that we have discovered that these spices in type symbolizing Yeshua's sweet character in antitype, let us now deal with the olive oil. When we consider the use of olive oil, it was used for culinary <clears throat> for, for culinary purposes, entrepreneurial benefits, and therapeutic healings. <clears throat> While olive oil was used for a plethora of instances, yet one of its primary uses was that of anointing. Olive oil was used to anoint Yah's priests, his kings, the sick. Now that, now just what does the anointing of the olive oil symbolizes? In the book of Zechariah, we read somewhat of the, the anointing. So let us turn to the book of Zechariah. And in the book of Zechariah, we want to look at the fourth chapter, Zechariah chapter 4. And here in Zechariah chapter 4, we want to uh, consider uh, verses 12 and, and 6. We want to start with 12 first and, and go back. Here we find here in verse 12 of Zechariah 4. And here it says, And I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? So he wanted to know what that was, okay? He saw two olive trees, and they had two golden pipes that came out of the branches of the olive trees, and they, they was emptied in the golden oil, which we know as olive oil. Now, verse 6 says this, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of Yahuwah unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says Yahuwah of hosts. In other words, he is saying that this olive oil represented his Holy Spirit, and by representing his Holy Spirit, then it was saying that if anything we are to accomplish, it will not be by our power or by our might or our strength. It will be by his spirit. So in this book of uh, Zechariah, we read where the golden liquid coming from the two golden pipes protruding from the two branches of the two olive trees was, was representative of Yah's spirit. The messenger who came to Zechariah was pointing out to him that whatever is to be accomplished in Yah's cause was to be accomplished by his spirit. However, one of the best examples which portrays what the anointing represents is found in the book of Luke. So we want to turn to the book of Luke and find out what Luke says. And we want to go to Luke chapter 4. And here in Luke chapter 4, we want to look at verses 16 and 18. Luke 4, verses 16 and, and, 
and 18. It says, it's talking about Yeshua. It says, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him a book of Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And verse 18 says, The Spirit of Yahuwah is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the receiving of the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. So when we look at this particular passage, one of the things that we see is that Elohim, son, Yeshua said that he was anointed. And what was he anointed with? He was anointed with the spirit of his father. That's what the anointing is about, to be anointed with the spirit. So here we can see from these texts that the anointing involved the spirit of Yah. Consequently, olive oil is one of the symbols used to portray that of the spirit of the father. Thus far, what we have is the sweet spices and the olive oil mixed together to produce the anointing ointment or the anointing oil. The sweet spices and the olive oil are mixed together represents the sweet character of Yeshua under the influence of the Father's Spirit. Now that we have some understanding of the symbolic substance, let us now consider the symbolic usage of the substance of which we are referred to as the symbolic saturation, the symbolic saturation. As we have pointed out, the Hebrew word for anoint is Meshiach, and it means to smear. What was smeared in the anointing oil, composed of spices and olive oil? To smear is to cover with a substance. In our case, we are talking about the smearing of the anointing oil. When the anointing oil is smeared upon an object or a person, it is the saturation of an item or an individual with the character of Yeshua and the spirit of the Father. When we consider the fact that to anoint means to smear with the anointing oil, then the thing which is smeared becomes anointed, and the person who is anointed becomes the Messiah. The word for Messiah comes from the same word for anointing, which is the Messiah. The word for anointing is the act of smearing on the anointing oil, and the one who is anointed by the anointing oil is the Messiah. Yeshua, the son of our heavenly father, was anointed from heaven by him. He and he alone is a sweet spice is the sweet spices of Yehoah, who is anointed by his father. When we take on the character of Yeshua, the father will anoint us with his sweet Holy Spirit. At this juxtaposition, let us see how this anointing of the labor and his foot 
applies to the mirror of spirituality. We'll entitle this section, The Meaning of Spirituality. So when we look at the meaning of spirituality, we can go back to Genesis chapter 2, and we look at verse number 7. Genesis 2, 7 says this. It says, And Yehoah Elohim formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So here Moses points out to us that Man was to operate by the spirit of Yah, which came forth from his breath. This spirit operates, this spirit's operation is what we refer to as spirituality. In order to operate spiritually, one must have the spirit. The basic function, the the basic fundamental component of spirituality is Yah's spirit. Yah intended for man to be a spiritual being to operate from the standpoint of the spirit. When we speak about a person being spiritual or possessing spirituality, it has to do with the spirit of Yah. All true spirituality starts with the spirit of the Father. When the Father's spirit is breathed upon an individual, this is said to be his anointing. The true anointing is when Yah breathes his Holy Spirit upon one, when one is anointed with the anointing oil, this is merely the symbolic meaning representing what many may refer to as being slain in the spirit. There is a pseudo slain in the spirit by which many individuals have an emotional ecstasy of some kind. However, someone, if someone is truly slain in the spirit, it is where, where they experience actually the Holy Spirit of Elohim and are smeared with his spirit in such a way as to do his will with the gifts he bestows upon them. One of our words for inspiration comes from two Greek words, respectively, theos and neutos. These two words put together means something to do, has something to do with breathing. So when we say uh, inspiration, we are talking about God breathe or Theo breathe. Our word for inspiration comes from Theos Neutos and carries the meaning of God breathe or L breathe. Thus, our word for spiritual comes from the Greek word pneumatikos. Pneumatikos. What we notice is that in both the Greek word for respectively for inspiration and spiritual, we have the word new, which has something to do with breath or spirit. The former deals with L or God breathing upon a person and the letter being a person who is characterized by the spirit. Consequently, 
the true anointing would be Yah's spirit being smeared upon something or someone. Now that we know that it is Yah's spirit, which is in actuality that anoints one and not literally the spices and the olive oil, they represent his spirit. Since we know what the spices and the olive oil represents, let us see how they relate to spirituality. In order to have spirituality, one must be spiritual, and in order for one to be spiritual, one must have Yah's spirit, and in order to receive his spirit, one must be purified by the blood of Yeshua and washed clean by the water of his word. And when these steps have been followed, Yah anoints us with his Holy Spirit. This anointing involves the sweet life of Yeshua, our Messiah, along with the Spirit of the Father to bring about his righteous life in us, which is spirituality. Father, we thank you for the spirituality that you have given us through the spices and the oil, that the life of Yeshua may be interwoven into us by the life of the Holy Spirit to reflect the image of Yeshua, which is your image, which is the life of Elohim himself. In Yeshua's name we do ask it, and for his dear sake we do pray. Amen and amen. Amen. So you made the elaboration that uh, being slain is the spirit is kind of the same thing as being anointed Mm -hmm. with oil. Yeah, I was saying that being slain in the spirit is the same as kind of being anointed with oil. Uh, that, like I pointed out, there's a false uh, slain in the spirit. It's a false one, mm-hmm. but there's a true slain in the spirit, which when we are smeared with the Holy Spirit of Elohim, we reflect his life. A lot of times when they talk about slain in the spirit, they're talking about uh, some kind of spiritual sensation. Somebody slap you upside the head and you fall back. Like mm-hmm. you got the Holy Spirit, but that's that's somewhat in a in the pseudo category. We're mm-hmm. talking about the true slaying of the Spirit is when we reflect the life and character of Yeshua, and allows His power to help us to use the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to us. Okay, and you said anointing uh, is to smear. Uh huh. It's a smear, okay. and generally they smeared olive oil on something. When we think about uh, anointing, we just have a little touch of oil, but in days of old, they smeared a whole lot of oil on whatever or whoever they were anointing. They smeared it on. And it was just mainly olive oil. There wasn't no other type of oil, just olive oil. Yeah, it was, it was primarily olive oil because when you read in the book of, uh, the 25th book of, uh, of Exodus, when he started the sanctuary service, he pointed out particularly that they were to bring the olive oil from their groves. And it's only olive oil that they use. Okay. Up next is Let's Talk About That. Today in Let's Talk About, I want to talk about grace. And before we get into it, I want to kind of give a definition of grace as in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. And the definition of grace, an unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification a virtue coming from God, a state of sanctification enjoyed through divine assistance, approval, favor, stayed in good graces, uh, mercy, pardon, a special favor, privilege. 
a disposition to an act or instance of kindness, courtesy, and clemency, a temporary exempt, a temporary exemption reprieve. Now, if you can turn with me in the book of Acts, chapter 15, verse 11. And Pastor, I'm going to have a few questions in regarding to this. Now, if we read well, in the Sefer Bible, it reads, But we believe that through the grace of Adonai Yahusha Hamashiach, we shall be saved, even as day. Now, when we go into the NIV, it reads, no, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. Now, I'm the of the belief that grace covers us when we commit sins that we are not knowingly committing. But a, a lot of people have the sense of grace as they can live how they want, do what they want, and still grace will get them into the eternal kingdom. So my question is, is one is the NIV version, it, you know, because the NIV version kind of it can kind of be argued to say that, you know, with grace, you're going to be able to get in just as you are, however you are. Yeah, well, uh, well, the NIV, uh, maybe it may be given that implication, but mm -hmm. let me see. Read the, read the NIV again. Okay, the NIV reads, no. We believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. Okay. Uh, it's not quite saying that they'll be saved by doing anything, but mm -hmm. that implication uh, that you put out is what many believe. They mm -hmm. believe that. And sometimes when you take one verse like that and your mind is already set, that the law has been done away with and all of the things that Elohim requires and all we have to do is have grace and he gives us the grace we'll be saved. That is, that is the thinking of many individuals. Mm -hmm. you know, and when it comes to his laws and the statutes, they say all of this has been nailed to the cross. And uh, therefore you can, you, 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 you can break his law. Uh, you can uh, dress any way you want to dress and you can eat anything you want to eat because you say all of the Torah has been done away with mm. because when he talks about the law, he's talking about the Torah Okay. and the Torah teaches us how to live. So when we, when he gives us grace, grace is not to break, break his laws and his statutes, but grace is given to us to be able to keep his laws and the statutes for remember that how it says, in verse 11 of the 15th chapter of Acts, it says, But we believe that through the grace of Yehoah, Yeshua the Messiah, we shall be saved even as they are. Yeah. Okay, now how are you saved? You're saved through his death on the cross. Why yeah. did he have to die? He died because we sin. And so if we sin, then we deserve to die because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. So he, when grace comes in, grace says, you deserve to die. But grace turns around and said, even though you deserve to die, I'm going to give you life. Now, why am I giving you life? Because your Messiah died for you. He took your death. He lived right, but he took your death. But you live wrong, but he's giving you life. That's what you call grace. Oh. Okay, so once grace in, grace says, uh, Father, 
these people who sin down here on earth, they deserve to die, but I'm going to die in their place. I'm going to give them my grace. But when I give them my grace, I want them to come up to living my law. And when they can come up to living my law, they do so not by their own strength, but by the grace that I give them. And as I give them grace, they have power to live up to my law. But if they continue to sin after I've given them my grace and they still don't want to do what I say, they want to continue to sin over and over and they want to have a lifestyle of sin and they want to take my grace and say, well, it will save us. That is not grace. That is what you call disgrace. Uh When we take what he says of his grace and continue to sin, that is disgrace. That's, that's not grace because if, if Elohim wanted to give us grace just to continue to sin, it would have been no need for him to die on the cross. Why would he die on the cross if he if he's going to just say, well, you continue to sin? The father didn't have to sacrifice his son on the cross. He could say, all right, since they sin, I'm just going give to them, give them grace. Nobody had to die. Yeah. So when we look at that, we must understand it in its context. He is saying in this text, and there are many other texts to, to put along with this, mm-hmm. is that when we sin, he gives us grace. He said, okay, you made a mistake. You did this, but I'm giving you grace that you don't have to die for your sins. But I'm also giving you this grace to enable you to be able to continue to keep and to do the things that I've asked you to do. And, you know, uh, just expounding on that, if his grace was to cover us, like people said, you can, he would just accept you any way you are, whatever you do. Then what was their need for him to kick Adam and Eve out of the garden? Because it seems like grace would have covered them. And he said, okay, y'all can come back in. Mm -hmm. And all, you know. Yeah, and and furthermore, if if, if grace is going to save us, then... Uh, he need to wake up the, the people uh, after uh, the at, before they entered the diluvium period. Mm-hmm. He destroyed all of them by water. Yeah, he destroyed all of them water. Now, if you're gonna say say by grace, why would you have a different standard for us than you have for them? If they had to go by doing it, then we have to go by doing it. And if we can't, if we don't have to go by, then he need to wake up all of those people and say to the, the all of the people before the flood all of the people before Nora and say, I'm waking y'all up to let you know that I am saving by grace. Now you didn't have to keep all of that. So therefore y'all can be saved. Even though I had pronounced you condemn, but you know, that's not the truth. That's not the truth. The truth is the same standard he had for Adam and Eve. And for those in the time of Nora is the same standard he has for us. And he gives us grace to do his law, not to break his law, because if he, if we were lawbreakers and had grace to give to heaven, then that means that everybody in the world can be saved. I was going to say, and, 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 if, and if that's the case, we don't, we, we don't really need to preach the gospel. Because mm, if everybody's wow. saved by grace, what, what are you preaching the gospel for? So true. What, what need is it there for? What need is there for salvation and right. everything? You know, I, and I don't think people think about that. If they're... If grace covers everything, why do we need salvation? What What is the point? We just all need to, I mean, everything just needs to be cut, done away with now, and we all go into the eternal kingdom. And see, and I don't think, too, people think if that's the case, you know, seem like Satan will be accepted back into the good graces 
of of uh, heaven. Right. That's right. He never should have been kicked out of there. Yeah. Because I would think his if, grace. If that's the case. Yeah. And I, I think his grace wouldn't just cover us, but it would cover everything that, that was corrupt. I would think so. You know. Well, Pastor, before we close out, can you take us to the throne in prayer? Our loving Father, we thank you for another opportunity to be able to share your word and to share your concepts. And we know that you didn't come to save us in sin. You came to save us from sin. So your grace is not to sustain and endorse a lifestyle of sin, but your grace is given to us to be able to enable us to come up to the things that you would have us to do that we can prepare ourselves to be the bridegroom to meet you in peace when you do come. Bless each listener each week. Bless their homes, their families, bless their jobs, bless their going out and their coming in. Bless their sickness and their illness. Bless those who may have experienced the death of loved ones, that the comfort of the Holy Spirit may continue to reach out to them. And now, Father, as we get ready to close out this particular segment, we ask, oh, Father, that you would bless us to have a wonderful Shabbat, and when the new week starts, so oh, Heavenly Father, may you be able to give us your graces to go in to another week to deal with the challenges and the opportunities and the difficulties of life that we can know that you can bring us through. So we look to you to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves, and that is to bring about salvation in our life that we may be able to meet the King when he does come. These blessings and others we ask in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, and for his dear sake, we do pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. I am Boyce Washington, and on the other side of me is Pastor Richard Washington, and we are the Science of the Covenant. That is our podcast for this week. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at scienceofthecovenant at gmail.com. May Yahuwah bless you and keep you. Until next week, Shalom.